Hey, it's Beth here, episode 478. It's um, Home and Bathrobe magazine, September issue. I've broken my world land record. This is later than usual. I've got an excuse. I've always got an excuse. This one, I just got back from Dallas. My sister-in-law, my brother-in-law died in the spring and we went for a memorial for my sister-in-law and it was so sad that I developed my problem that I always develop when I feel sad, which is, I call it compassionate bowel syndrome. First I get constipated, then I get diarrhea, and it goes on for days, and I get so sick, and I get so depressed, I can't, I can't, I get so mad because I've been doing this my whole life. I can't stop compassionate bowel disease, disease for anything, and it's not getting better. Like I thought everything was going to get better when I got older and I start, I contained myself. I could contain myself, control myself, whatever. Nothing's going right. So it's late. Plus, I don't know. I just wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't up, you know, or down or even, I was just nowhere. So I called up my friend Diane, who's the magazine's editor at large. And I said, Diane, what can I do? She goes, you know what? When are you moving up here? It's been a hundred degrees there for over 60 days. Who are you, what are you proving? I'm like, I'm, I'm proving that I'm lazy and I can't move. She said, look, just get over your compassionate bowel syndrome and get back to the magazine. So that's what I did. She told me that yesterday, needed an extra day, but here I am. So we got everything, no table of contents. That's what my editor at large told me to do to just get up and do it. So here I am. So the first thing I've got, as always, is the horoscopes, which um, I get much feedback on this, that everybody loves it. I never get feedback. Okay, Taurus, lucky you, Taurus. The moon enters your sign today. Do anything you want. Go ahead, Taurus, live it up. Aries, you love to try new things. Go ahead, try new things. What do I care? Okay, we got... Gemini, Gemini, for all your mutable energy, which I don't even know what that means. Is that silent energy? M mutable? Anyway, so Gemini just, they tell you to do something. Why don't you uh, do some laundry or something? Okay. Cancer, you're a true friend, and once you decide to allow someone into your circle of trust, there is no backing out. That has been so true with my dogs. I mean, no matter what they do, no matter how filthy they are, no matter how many fleas they have, they're in my circle of trust and I stay with my dogs. So for that, I guess they're, they should be grateful and they're not, they're dogs. So Leo, you have a high regard for other people. Go out and buy them dinner. Take all your friends out for dinner. Even if you have to just get tacos, just if you love everybody so much, why don't you buy the meal? Just pay for everything. Virgo, be honest when you're asked for an opinion. Do that. Just go ahead and do that, Virgo, and you'll have no friends at the end of the month. I suggest you not be honest when asked for your opinion, because really, I have found that when people ask me for their, for my opinion, I say, what do you want to do? And they tell me what they want to do. And then I repeat it as if it's my own opinion. 
They want me to just tell them to go ahead and do what they want. That's my opinion. Everybody wants that. And if you give them your opinion and it's not what they want, they're going to do what they want anyway. So just agree with them. Gives them power, makes them feel good. Everybody's happy. Li Libra, they tell you to plan. Plan for your death and inheritance. Get everything out of the way. I don't know. That's I'm not I'm not even making this up, Libra. That's what it says. September 23rd to October 22nd. You guys better rush to the doctor. Scorpio, you are a sensual being, and when the moon is in Tor Taurus, you're a sec sector of partnerships. What? Scorpio, I suggest that you just pick one partner. Stick with that one partner if you want to live long. Sagittarius, it's good to have a routine that supports the type of life you want to live. What? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay, Sagittarius, just go have fun. You're the fun sign. We figured that out before. Just go and have fun. Don't worry about anything. Capricorn, you love to succeed, so do your homework. And that's all I've got. See, I'm just, I don't know what's wrong with me. Okay, so then we go on to senior chefs. So I was looking at this food at this thing that we went to in Dallas, and it looked, I felt like I was in first cafeteria. It looked like old people food. And then I looked around at this event, and everyone was old. So I looked into what, there are categories where, where you're asked if you're putting on an event, how old are the people who are coming? So at our event, they served fennel braised salmon because fennel is it agent in your digestion. It does not aid in your digestion. It is so horrible that your body just has an explosive event because it's so terrible. Okay. I, do, I don't know if they're trying to get rid of us or what's going on. Then there was sweet potato candy at the end of this buffet in big chunks, and they called it layers of gorgeous sweet potatoes. Uh-uh. No way. They're trying to get rid of sweet potatoes. If you go to the grocery store and you look carefully, you will see, even before Thanksgiving, that the sweet potato mound is enormous in every grocery store. And if you watch people while they're checking out, You'll never see people buying sweet potatoes. So I think this is just a scam by the sweet potato purveyors. Then they had spaghetti squash bolognese. Okay, the other thing that's not selling in the grocery store, spaghetti squash. And they're throwing all this stuff on old people because we're so polite we don't say anything, even at events that are supposed to have good food. Okay, that's gross. Then they had veggie barley soup. Nobody, nobody went over there. It was all by itself. All the bowls were still there. I think the kitchen staff puts that out so they don't have to clean bowls. Nobody got it. We all remember having barley in our vegetable soup when we were kids. It tastes like you're, like you're losing teeth. Just soft, icky, white teeth. It's so disgusting. So... Forget elder chefs, senior chefs. They're just trying to get food of, rid of food that nobody wants. Okay, so that was bad. Okay, just bad. And then I was, you know, in Dallas, I just got back. I, big city, right? Beauty. 
Okay, Dallas women are really, really trying. They're trying much harder than old women in Austin. Most of Austin is young women. They look great. They don't have to worry about anything. Dallas has some old women just like, you know, the few of us left in Austin. This is what they do there. You won't believe it. They tattoo everything. They have tattooed eyebrows. They have tattooed lips. This is the worst thing, and it amazes me that they can talk about it without crying. They tattoo eyeliner. I asked them, how in God's name do you do that? And are you sober? Are you drugged? How do you do that? She said, oh, you just hold out your eye. You hold, pull the skin to push your, your eyelid out on the bottom. And they bring the big needle and they just shoot ink into right next to your eyeball. How long does this take? Oh, quite a while because it's individual dots. I'm like, what? And I looked and they were individual dots like 300 times she got stabbed by this needle. I don't care if it looks good. I don't care if it looks great. I don't care if it makes you look 10 years younger. That's crazy. That's what they do in Dallas. And I will admit they look good. They had long hair and they did not look old. Not any of them. Very, very attractive people who are doing things that I would never dream of doing. So then I got to my gardening section of the magazine, which is so depressing. My begonias are just so upset in the front yard. And I was going to go to the store and I was going to rescue begonias. And I looked at them. They were like 50 cents a pot. Big pots. Just sitting there dying in the sun. It has been like 100 degrees for two months here and no rain. Not one drop. So I thought I can't do it. I can't prolong their lives. I can't take them home and give them nothing. So I called Diane, my old editor at large. She owes me. I said, Diane, how about next September, very beginning of September, I load my car, I'll rent a car, I'll rent a Suburban, and I will load it up with dying begonias, and I'll bring them to Colorado, create a beautiful bed for them, and we'll put them in the ground, and we'll give them a happy month. She doesn't put a garden in where she lives because it's not worth it. She says it's just three months and everything dies, so so why do it? So she has these wildflowers. They're weeds. They're weeds. She says they're pretty. They're not pretty. We're going to put these in that place where they are. We're going to give these begonias one month to live, and they're going to think they're in Connecticut. And then they'll die. I feel good about that. Maybe I'll come in the middle of August. I'll try. I'll do it. I'll move it up. I'll give him six weeks of happiness. But I can't just bring him to my house because there's nothing here. Nothing they haven't seen before. So then, home decor. This is why I got the energy this month to do the magazine. Because I did something brilliant right here in River City, my own house. I bought a bedspread that matches my dog's fur. Exactly. It's Paisley. You can't tell what's going on. It matches Ruckus perfectly. 
and it's big. It hangs off the edges. There's plenty of room when he sits on it and he puts a big dent in the bed because we have those two beds, you know, for that thing that backs that go up on the bed and all that. Whatever. Sleep, select. He wants a soft mattress. I want a hard one. But that little tiny one-eighth of an inch in between the two beds when we got this thing is now a crevasse of about 10 inches. That's where my dog lays down. So he takes two feet of the carpet, of the, of the bedspread, pushes it down, and it just looks stupid. This bedspread can handle it. I wanted to, I have buyer's remorse because I should have gotten the two shams that went with it. That night, I was supposed to sleep on it. I slept on it. We order them the next day and they're back ordered. And I don't think they're gonna come. So I was happy, but I was happy for an entire night. I mean, I was happy from four o'clock in that, on that afternoon when we put, when we put it on the bed till nine o'clock the next morning, which I feel is a lot for me with decorating because I'm not good at it. So that's that. Now I do have something. Okay. Let me see if I can do it. Alexa play. Let's see if she will. Here it is. Okay. I'm going to end with instead of, you know, like Oprah, what she knows, I read something that I, that I didn't know. I'm going to end the magazine this month with what I don't know. What I did not know is that Jimmy Buffett, his big song, Mar Margaritaville, which was his complete success in life. He wrote it while he was drinking at a restaurant called Cachina del Sur, and it was on West Anderson Lane in Austin, Texas. He wrote it. He wrote it in five minutes in Austin, Texas. Now, of course, in Austin, everything that was good is gone. And that restaurant has been taken over by a restaurant called High Five that has no personality. But when he was there, it was this wonderful little restaurant with great personality, very cheap margaritas. He had maybe one too many. And he hadn't even called a drink a margarita then. It was back in the 70s. So he wrote the whole song, the first, and then he told his manager about the lyrics. You know, like sipping and slipping and stepping on things and breaking bones. And the guy said, you're not ever going to make it. I'm not going to let you do that song. Next week he comes in and he pushes it. you got to let me do it. So they come up with a song and his first title, which the manager didn't like either, was Austin, Texasville. Not Margaritaville. Austin, Texasville. Can you imagine? Ugh. So anyway, but that song made him with all the things that it brought him in his whole life. And he, he gives credit to this song alone for making him worth $1 billion. B billion. And that manager is worth quite a bit of money over it too. They stayed together. The manager said, you didn't write a song, you wrote a movie. Everybody can see it. And that's why it's great. And then when they look up at you, they can see that it happened to you, which is a really like, I guess uh, you look at Tony Bennett when he sings San Francisco and you see San Francisco at, in Tony Bennett. 
Frank Sinatra with New York, New York. But the same thing happened. It happens like once every 10 years that somebody writes a song where people can only see the song through that man's eyes. So that's what I've got. And I am going to come back to the world. I was six days. I was out of it. You know, two days before with my compassionate, um, you know, GI problem, it begins before I even leave. And then it gets going when I'm supposed to be places and talking to people. That's when it's at its worst. And then the lingering effect afterwards. So it's six whole days of fun. And I'm back now. This first day I feel good. So I just wanted to come back into the world and get the glorious September issue of Home and Bathrobe just up. And I know you were highly anticipating it this month, especially because it's very late. So anyway, I'm trying to stay sane, not an easy task, and I will be back. Thanks. I love that part woman to blame. Love this song. Bye-bye.